The Russian Tsar, Nikolai I, was a ruthless anti-Semite. It was his decree that Jewish boys would be drafted into military service at a very young age and kept there for up to 25 years. These boys were known as Kantonisten. The Tsar's purpose was to tear them away from their families and from their Jewish roots and eventually to Russify them, to make them into Russians. These poor, unfortunate children were forcibly taken away from their parents, sent to distant villages to live amongst peasants. Under such terrible, trying conditions, many of these boys became completely separated from their Jewish roots, and a few even gave up the struggle and converted. There were some brave souls who refused to give in. Something they could hardly explain stirred within them their deepest innermost faith. As a result of this harsh decree and others, the Tsar was constantly fearful of a rebellion. So the Tsar had many spies amongst the population. And the Tsar himself would sometimes even adopt a disguise and walk the streets of Peterborg, listening to the conversations to see how people truly felt about him. Once in this disguise, the Tsar entered a bar where peasants and soldiers were sitting and drinking. The disguised Tsar took a seat next to a soldier who offered the Tsar a drink. The soldier did not know that he was treating the Tsar, nor did the Tsar know that this soldier was a Cantonist, a Nikolai soldier, a Jew who had been taken from his family at a tender age and raised amongst non-Jews. This soldier looked no different than the rest of the coarse peasant soldiers. When the Tsar finished his drink, he put down the empty glass on the table. The soldier immediately slapped the Tsar very hard on the back. Hey, protested the Tsar, what's the idea of you hitting me? Don't you know you shouldn't leave your glass empty? retorted the soldier. You must refill it immediately. So the Tsar refilled his glass and drank it, and he and the soldier repeated this performance until they had finished the entire bottle. As if they had not already drunk more than enough, the soldier ordered yet another bottle, although he had paid for the first one with the last money he had. The bartender brought the bottle and asked for full payment. The soldier didn't have any money, so he offered his sword as a pledge until he would bring the money the next day to settle the bill and recover his sword. The Tsar and the soldier then left the bar together arm in arm, swaying drunkenly. The Tsar, however, was not so drunk as to fail to notice what the soldier had done, and he asked the soldier in what regiment he served, and then the two went their separate ways. The following day, the commander of the regiment received word that the Tsar was coming on an official visit. The soldiers were all thrown into a frenzy of preparation. They knew how strict the Tsar was, 
and how merciless the Tsar would be towards any soldier with whom the Tsar found even the slightest fault. An unpolished button, a hat out of place, a boot that wasn't completely shiny. So one can well imagine the feelings of the soldier who had given his sword as a pledge to the bartender the previous day and could not possibly make it to the bar to redeem his pledge and get his sword back for the Tsar's inspection. So how would he avoid the wrath of the Tsar when he appeared without his sword? He had an idea. He took a piece of wood and carved a sword exactly the size and shape of his regular metal sword, and he put it inside the sheath, hoping against hope that the Tsar would simply not notice it. The Tsar and his entourage arrived, and the Tsar, in his regal uniform, riding on his royal horse, rode majestically through the rows of soldiers, carefully examining each one. They all stood at attention. The Tsar stopped in front of the soldier with whom he had been drinking the previous day, and whom the Tsar knew full well did not have a proper sword. The poor soldier's heart was beating frantically. But the Tsar addressed himself to the soldier standing next to the cantonist. You call that a uniform? That's the best you could do? You're a disgrace. The poor fellow was in shock. He was quite sure there was nothing wrong with his uniform. Everything was polished. Everything was straight. Everything was shiny. But who would argue with the Tsar? So he apologized and begged the Tsar to forgive him and assured the Tsar that he would be more careful in the future. And would the Tsar be gracious enough to forgive him this one time? The Tsar ignored everything the soldier said and instead turned to the cantonist who he had spent the previous night together with at the bar and said, You, take out your sword and chop off his head. Now, the soldier with the wooden sword was in trouble. Anyone disobeying the Tsar would be sentenced to death. Even if he had been able to do so, how could he kill an innocent person? On the other hand, if he obeyed the Tsar's order and drew his sword, the Tsar would immediately see that the sword was not real, but just a piece of wood, and then he himself would feel the wrath of the Tsar. Your Majesty said the cantonist. I am ready to carry out your order, as you feel that my friend and fellow soldier is guilty. But if he deserves to be spared, I ask the Almighty, who alone sees into the hearts of humankind, to save my friend by turning my sword into a wooden one. He quickly drew his sword out of his sheath, and to everyone's astonished gaze, in his hand, was a sword made of wood. Only the Tsar knew that it was a trick, but he made no comment about the miracle, for he could not give the game away without implicating himself and letting everyone know that he sometimes adopted a disguise to travel amongst the population. Very well, said the Tsar. I will pardon your friend. As for you, I'm giving you a promotion. You are now an officer. The Tsar was very impressed with the cantonist's intelligence. 
and he wanted to take advantage of this soldier's genius. So this soldier received another promotion and then another, until finally he became a member of the Tsar's personal bodyguard. In this role, he had many hours to spend with the Tsar, and they spoke frequently. One day, the Tsar began to discuss religion with this cantonist. When I first met you at the inspection, said the Tsar, you asked the Almighty, who sees into the hearts of men, to perform a miracle. Are you truly a believer? Yes, Your Majesty, I am a believer, answered the soldier. And do you attend church regularly, asked the Tsar. No, Your Majesty, said the soldier. I never go to church. I am a Jew. You? exclaimed the Tsar. A Jew? I thought you were of my religion, and I promoted you from rank to higher rank. Your Majesty never asked me about my faith, replied the soldier, but I am ready to serve the Tsar even if you take away from me my rank. I have a better idea, said the Tsar. Why don't you join my religion? I'll make you a general. You'll then be my personal friend. The Tsarina and I will be your godparents. You will have honor and riches. This Cantonist soldier was very taken aback by the Tsar's offer. He had been torn away from his family and his faith at a very young age. He had no idea if his parents were still alive. He truly desired to have a family, but he had never entertained the thought of changing his religion. He meant to remain a Jew. The Tsar could see that he was hesitating, but could also see that he was tempted. So the Tsar began to urge him to accept the offer, while at the same time hinting that things would go badly for him if he refused. So reluctantly, the Cantonist soldier decided to say yes to the Tsar even though in his heart he would remain a Jew. He would only pretend to be of the Tsar's religion. Everything was arranged, the date was set, and the Tsar, the Tsarina, and the Jewish soldier all set out for Kiev, where the bishop would carry out the baptism and the conversion. The soldier sat in the luxurious carriage, lost in thought. He should feel honored and elevated, but suddenly his conscience struck, his heart sank. He was overtaken by a strong determination. Even though he was sorely tempted, he realized that he couldn't even pretend to be of the Tsar's religion. A Jew he was born, and a Jew he would remain to his last day. As the royal carriage crossed the bridge over the river in the center of the city, the young soldier suddenly jumped up out of the carriage, and with the words, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Alekeinu Hashem Echad, he jumped from the bridge into the rushing waters where his body quickly sank and disappeared. The Tsar and the Tsarina were horrified. The royal party turned back. The Tsar was very sad as he had become attached to this soldier and he began to think deeply about the whole matter. If these Cantonistans felt so strongly about their Judaism, then the Tsar's plan to Russify them was a failure, and there was no point in continuing it. So the Jewish soldier's sacrifice was not in vain, for not long afterwards, the Tsar repealed this cruel decree. 